The reading is taken from Luke chapter 11, verses 33 to 41. If you'd like to follow it in a Bible, have it ready for the talk, then please help yourself to one by the pillar. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is full of darkness. See to it, then, that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks to you as well, Graham. So, a miracle has already happened because Sophie's trainers that Simon brought have miraculously extended by four sizes and fit my feet. <laughs> so now I am wearing them. <laughs> so, hopefully you will hear Sophie's voice in what she has prepared and what I'm sharing with you. But I do think we need to pray before we start because actually I don't believe either Sophie and I certainly know me want you to hear us. We want you to hear from God. So let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that Sophie has poured of herself into this word that she was going to share with you this morning. But I pray now that you take me and you take Sophie out of the picture and that all that we share now in the next 15 or 20 minutes or so will be of you. Speak, Lord, we pray, because we are listening. Come, Holy Spirit, upon us. Fill us as we dig into your word and hear what you have to say to us this morning. Amen. So on our journey through Luke so far, we've been on a rather an intimate journey with Jesus Christ as he grows up, as he calls his disciples, and we have watched as Jesus performs miracles only to have the Pharisees continue to ask him questions and to make him prove himself to them. 
Now, last week, I, me, Claire, spoke about the model of prayer that Jesus teaches to his disciples, the passage about the Lord's Prayer. And it wasn't something that was a rule-based, you know, you must say this prayer in this way, in this order, in order to make it work. But it was a position of our hearts before God. And it was a model of our relationship with our Heavenly Father, out of which everything else flowed. And today, we're going to hear about light. Not any old light, not the sort of light we switch on uh, with with the switch or a torch or whatever, but Jesus, the light of the world, and what that means for us as we seek to be on mission with Jesus, which is what we're thinking about over this, uh, this sermon series. So I want you now to imagine our lovely Sophie working hard to put this sermon together. And no doubt, first of all, she read this passage in Luke 11 over and over and over again maybe even in multiple different versions of the Bible, different translations. And then most likely she'd have taken some time to pray and to allow the words to sink deeply into her, asking God what he wants her to share with you, this congregation, this place, this morning. And then perhaps digging into the commentaries to find out what the scholars have to say about the passage, Checking what came before it and what comes after it to make sure she's got the context right. And being Sophie, I can tell you there was probably a mind map drawn. I've seen them on her desk, multicolored and beautifully laid out, little works of art actually, very clever. She makes cross links, she sorts out the cross references, she plots her way through what she wants to say. And then, this is the bit I'd personally find the hardest. Sophie actually sitting down to write the thing, hoping that she's heard from God aright, praying that what's being laid on her heart is what people need to hear today, writing it down and then leaving it to one side for a bit. Sophie would no doubt have gone away from it, allowed some distance so that she can come back and look at it with fresh eyes to make sure that what she's written is what she wants to say and puts it across clearly. Sophie doing all this whilst battling that virus which has gripped her for some time now, some weeks, months even, head full of sinusitis, making it hard for her to think. And she started to feel a little better and she was really happy with this sermon, all systems ready to go this morning, and then yesterday feeling really unwell, having to make the tough decision that after all that work, she was going to have to let someone else preach it. Sending it to me yesterday evening, letting me muck about with her carefully crafted sermon and put my slant on it, because this wasn't the story that she was going to share at the beginning. In other words, Sophie had to make the tough decision to stand back and let me take the platform and possibly the credit for all her hard work. Now I wonder, can you think of a moment in your life, perhaps recently, where you've had to stand back and let someone else shine like Sophie has with me?
So perhaps something came into your mind there. And just hold that there as we now turn to look at the passage from Luke 11, starting uh, with verse 33 was the bit that Graham read to us, and it's on page 1043 in the Church Bibles. And here we've got an absolute explosion of Jesus calling out the Pharisees and their rule-ridden, box-ticking ways And this time, there's no hiding in the background, sneering from a distance for them. But the bit that comes before the actual verses that we heard read is really important to understand. The people are coming to Jesus wanting more and more signs and miracles. Perhaps to prove that he is the Son of God, that's what they're looking for, but perhaps even more likely because it was fun. It was incredible. It was entertainment, because to follow Jesus meant to be witnessing all these amazing miracles along the way. But Jesus says to them, you are a wicked generation. You're always asking for signs, but you're unable to receive my grace in your hearts. And it's from that place that we get to this passage today, because just before the bit about the lamp of the body, verse 33, Jesus declares that a greater sign is there among them, greater even than the prophet Jonah, who in the Old Testament led the people of Nineveh to repentance. You remember he was the one who fetched up in the whale for a bit when he was trying to avoid sharing the hard words that God was giving him to put to the people of Nineveh. So Jesus declares the greater sign is here. And what we really need to understand is that Jesus is talking here about himself. That sign that is greater is himself and his coming resurrection. And so, to Luke 11.33, we find Jesus talking about a light. And he's moved on from saying he's the sign and he's now making the analogy of himself as a light. And so often, many of us, self-included, we read this passage out of that context and we think it's about us and our gifts. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, the old school assembly favourite. We think it's about us, we think it's about our gifts, our ability to evangelise. We think it's about our ability to share the gospel and love people perfectly. But no, what this passage is really saying is this. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. Because we're told way back that when John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus, he said this, the true light that gives light to everyone in the world was coming into the world. That's in John chapter 1. So it's always been about Jesus and It will always be about Jesus. The verses before the passage, as we've learned now, remind us that something greater was in the Pharisees' midst. And even though the Pharisees refused to listen, are you going to listen today? Will you hear from the light of the world what he says to you? So the lamp is Jesus. The lamp is not us, it is Jesus within us, the light 
of the world. And the lamp of Jesus becomes a lamp for us when we see Jesus for who he really is, when we live with his light inside of us. Because now we come to the next set of verses from 37 onwards, which are given in this version of the Bible a not very jaunty heading of woes on the Pharisees and the experts of the law. But the subtitle could be the inside versus the outside. The Pharisees had invited Jesus to eat with them and he doesn't wash before he eats, showing a shocking disrespect for those first century food and health and hygiene regulations. And in the original law, actually, do you know, it wasn't written that they had to wash before they ate. The Pharisees had added that in, making this extra hoop for everybody to jump through. You know, there's a fine line between, between being a light for others and putting on a show to draw attention to yourself. So Jesus is really stirring them up now. And when it gets to the end of chapter 11, we see that the Pharisees are fuming and they're trying to find ways now to bring down Jesus because his challenge is too much. Verse 53, chapter 11. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. Jesus challenges them, saying that what they're doing is all box-ticking. They shine up on the outside, but the inside is grimy and dirty and full of darkness. Jesus says that the overflow of their hearts cannot be covered up by polishing the rule book and taking perfection classes in religious piety. That's what stopped them. What stops us? What makes us blind to Jesus and his teaching? What prevents us from knowing his light? Like the light pollution from a city which keeps us from seeing the stars at night, what in our personal world seems like light but is actually darkness, those things which prevent us seeing the light of Jesus in our own lives. Here's some suggestions of things that might be stopping us from seeing Jesus' light shining out of our lives. Resisting God's word. We read it, but we don't allow it in. We actually quite like the image of God that we have for ourselves rather than that of Jesus who stirs us up, who challenges us and asks us to be wholehearted in our following of him. Or perhaps we do have a deep personal relationship with Jesus, but it doesn't connect with what's on the outside. The way we live is reduced to being nice, to keeping our faith personal to us and nothing more. Perhaps we do have all the talk, though, and we can speak it all out, and we can turn up to every church event going, but beneath the surface, there's actually nothing, and we live out a Christian life without faith, without love, and actually we do feel empty and dried up. 
Or perhaps we have both the internal and the external, but somewhere between them both there's a gap, there's a disconnect. One is not flowing to the other. We go through the motions, but our light is dimmed by that disconnection. We believe and know Jesus Christ as one thing, but then we fail to live that out in the same way. Our love for others is tainted by our anger or jealousy or something else that keeps getting in the way. The Pharisees, well, it seems they always got it so, so wrong. And yet I find that I am so often a Pharisee, doing so much for God that I neglect what's on the inside and I neglect my relationship with him. So what does this mean for us on mission with Jesus? So here's some things to think about to take away with you. Firstly, it's so important to realize the paramount importance of knowing Jesus, the light of the world, for ourselves. Only when we know Jesus that we understand that he went to the cross for us, that he took our punishment, the punishment that we deserved, and he took it on himself. Only when we know that that is the single most important thing that ever happened in the world, that ever happened for us, only when we know that will we and put our trust in Jesus will we have a deep personal relationship with the light of the world and everything else will flow out of that. Do you know Jesus, the light of the world, for yourself? Because if you don't, do come and have a word with me or any other of the church leaderships or the person sitting next to you. And perhaps we can help you to meet him and pray with you. So knowing Jesus, knowing the light of the world personally, the first thing. And because of that, then we can pour out the light of Christ that lives within us. Allowing that light to shine out into our external lives so that then we can be the light for others. And when we can be a light for others, again, they in their turn can get to know the light of the world for themselves. Let your eyes shine with the light of Jesus that is within you. And then we need to step back we need to be so full of Jesus and not our own importance that we can step back and point to him in all humility, in all reverence, out of love, not out of rules, not because we think we ought to, but because we want to, because of the overflow of our heart set on him. And we can step back and just watch as people may start to recognize the Jesus in us. Keep your eyes open to Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes open to his work in you. See how he moves through you into the lives of others as you share the light of Jesus with them. And finally, let's not omit to be fully open to God. 
to let God light up the whole of us. Body, soul, mind, will, intellect, emotions, spirit. Don't hide away those little dusty corners that you feel rather ashamed of and you'd rather nobody else knew about. Open up those dusty, dirty corners to God. Give it all to him. Ask him to clean you out through and through. Anything you're ashamed of. That's oh so easy to say, but from bitter experience I know, it's oh so hard to do. And we need God's help for that. So we're going to pray now and then Simon will be leading us in a time of confession where all those dusty corners can be cleaned out and shone up with the light of Christ as he shines that light into you. But let's have a moment of quiet before I pray and before the confession to allow God to speak to each one of us individually. Almighty God, it is a wonder and a mystery that you reveal yourself to us through the person of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Lord, we pray now, would you open the eyes of our hearts to see the supreme greatness of your wisdom and power. Make our eyes good because what's inside is good. Heal our blindness. Don't let us be like the Pharisees, blind to anything but our own self-importance. Fill us with the all-pervading, all-exposing, all-purifying and all-pleasing light of your presence. Amen.